This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Health One. So we're going to talk uh, cardiac arrest and uh, some of the uh, sexier things that you can do for cardiac arrest, right? Uh, so, you know, the general thing of cardiac arrest, let's go through some of the things. What's the most important thing, by the way, of cardiac arrest? Like that you can CPR, right? Compressions are the most important thing that you can do to keep someone alive. So it's important with CPR to remember that the basics are actually the most important thing. BLS usually is more important than ACLS when it comes to patient survival. So compressions by far, and you want to be on the chest for as long as possible with as few, as few pauses as possible. Okay. So when we start getting into ACLS, what are common drugs? Epi, right? Epi is really the hallmark. The literature is all over on epi. Basically, people survive longer, but you get more vegetables. So people really don't make it around, make it out of the hospital neurologically intact. So there's a few who really don't think epi should even be an ACLS drug. Uh, so it's a really, I guess, hot topic of debate whether epinephrine is super useful or whether it just increased costs because you admit people to the ICU and then they die in the ICU or come out of the ICU and have no neurologic function. Uh, so what other things can we get for epi besides epi? Bicarb, yep, bicarb if someone's really acidotic, okay. And I'll, amio, amio if someone's in, and what's amio for? Antiarrhythmic, but what type of arrest? Yeah, VTAC or VFib, right? So, so, so super important. How about non-drug-wise, what's really important? Oxygen? Nah, oxygen's going to schmear, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but electricity, right? If someone has a VTAC or a VFib cardiac arrest, to get them out of that, electricity is super important, right? So it brings us to one of the first sexy things that you can do uh, is you can actually do, has, have any of you done double sequence defibrillation? Yeah, so if you have a refractory VFib arrest, uh, sometimes you'll see some of us do this, is we'll actually have two defibrillators in the room, you'll put two actually sets of pads on patients, and then you'll just basically defibrillate them in a rapid sequence. So basically boom, boom, and you'll actually give them two shocks before you resume CPR, okay? What's the other thing that you can do around shocks? Some of you have seen me do this. The evidence for staying off the chest is really crappy. Right? Electricity likes the path of least resistance. So uh, sometimes you'll see people double glove and just continue CPR while you're defibrillating just because the risk of you getting shocked from, uh, from being defibrillated is so low. That's definitely not something I ask nurses to do, but some of the docs you'll see us kind of continue to, uh, to do CPR just because, you know, uh, you ask any electrician uh, the risk of you getting shocked. And then plus it just decreases the amount of time that you have no flow state. So you doing CPR through compressions is another thing that could possibly improve patient survival. And there's actually a few studies that do that. Um, okay, what else? How about, what's the most extreme drug we can give during arrest? We give it all the time. Yeah, TPA. Great. So TPA, right? Epi's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> but TPA during arrest. And who should get uh, TPA during arrests? There's actually just two patient populations that you should be considering TPA for arrest. Yeah, so a massive PE, right? So this person who, like, you walk in and you're like, oh, man, that person has a PE, they have a big leg, or you've diagnosed them with a PE that's massive here, and then they arrest while they're in the emergency department, you should try to give those patients TPA as quick as possible. So um, what's the dosage of TPA? And this is one of those dosages that's really kind of easy to remember, so I won't quiz you on this, but it's 50, 50 milligrams of TPA given as a push, okay? 
Uh, and if you don't have TPA, out, uh, it's an ectoplase. Uh, TPA is actually not designed to be given as a push, so it's all off-label. But multiple studies have 50 as kind of a normal go-to for pushing TPA. And there's another drug called tenectoplase, which is actually meant to be given as a bolus, and that's weight-based. Okay. And then the last thing that you should do that's pretty sexy with codes is... Huh? No, ultrasound. <laughs> ultrasound is pretty sexy. The last thing is calling them when the patient is not going to survive, right? Because everyone's been on that arrest that goes on for an hour, and you're like, "Why are we doing this?" The person's 90; they've had a, they've had a, you know, arrest in the field for 45 minutes, and I think that it's, you know, the whole team has to agree to do it. But if a person looks like they're really non-viable, meaning a, they have asystole on their initial pulse, right? Uh, two, they're like super advanced age, that's demented, and you've been coding them for like 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, this is one of the biggest mistakes. People just keep on coding because you can't get off the coding train. Uh, stop coding people who really have no chance of survival. Okay. Okay, cool. We are on a quest to provide the world with free medical education. Please help us out by rating us on iTunes, following us on social media, and subscribing to our newsletter at emergencymedicalminute.com.